1: Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and today we have a guest who is here to share a very personal, very powerful story of healing from abuse. Pam Bettencourt is here to detail her history of surviving child sexual abuse, her journey to recovery, and why she has chosen to go public with her experiences in the form of a book. Pam is the author of a book called But I Am Here, which is a firsthand look inside the world of child sexual abuse. Hello, Pam. Hi, Sue. It Hi, took Kendra. <laughs> it Sorry. took a... Kendra's our, our producer. It took a lot of courage to write this book. I read the book... Um, and it's extremely moving and powerful. It's your story, but I'm imagining in some ways it's a lot of people's stories, being sexually abused as a child by a trusted adult. Why did you decide now, decades later, was the time to share your story?
0: It began with the situation I had with my son. Um, He was in a relationship that wasn't uh, a healthy relationship for him. And I was trying to offer him advice and he, he replied, you don't know what I'm going through. You've never been in a toxic relationship. Oh boy. Right. And as a mother, you want to do anything you can to have helped your kids. And I had this huge history behind me that I hadn't shared with anybody and I couldn't share with him. And not being able to offer him any advice coming from personal experience was kind of what motivated me to start processing my story and uh, using it for good.
1: Yeah, and I and it's, it's funny that you said to use it for good because I know one of the things that struck me about your story is on the back cover of your book, it's called But I'm Here. You said, I decided I would share my story when the time came that it would do more good than harm, and the time is now. And I think that that's, you know, a, a, a lot of people's reality. You know, they keep this... This, well, let's go back to, to, to what happened, because you kept this secret for a very long time. Right. You were 13. Your abuser was your, one of your very good friend's father. Uh, I'm assuming it's someone you thought you could trust, someone you had known for a very long time. So talk a little bit about, in general terms, how this developed and when you knew, wait a minute, this isn't, doesn't feel comfortable and this isn't normal.
0: Um, it actually developed pretty quickly. When I met the family, um, I was kind of immediately accepted in their house and I'm the youngest of six children and I have a twin sister so my Mm. house was a pretty busy house their house was quiet they only had two children Mm -hmm. one of them was my friend they had a swimming pool they had a big yard you know a nice quiet neighborhood so I started spending a lot of time there he was home during the day he was out of work due to an injury so he was home during the day and his wife worked full-time so He was there after school every day when we got there. And he just slowly gained my trust. He was uh, very flattering. He was funny. He was friendly. He, you know, was a nice guy. So I didn't feel any danger initially. Mm -hmm. And that lasted probably about four or five months before he crossed the line. He had started having me go to the house straight from school his daughter wow. got out of school about a half hour later than me so I'd go there and wait for her to get there And that private time he would have conversations with me that it made me feel good it made me feel grown up he was talking about adult things um, the minute she came home his whole demeanor changed and it was back to me being a kid so that felt a little strange, mm-hmm. and then one day when I came into the house, he was just, his behavior was very different, and the whole atmosphere was different, and that day he, he crossed the line, and as soon as that happened, when my body got involved, I it was like an electric shock went through my body, and I knew from that point that something had happened, but
1: I had no idea what it was that was taking place. And I mean, you were 13 when this started. You were a child, Correct. So you certainly didn't have um, enough maturity to enter into a relationship, particularly right. a sexual-physical relationship. Right. So what did that feel like for you? And I know it continued for how many years after that?
0: Um, the sexual part continued for 10 years, and then when I, once I was able to break free from the sexual part, he never went away. He pressured me up until the time he died to get back together with them, even though I was married. And he adored my children and he liked my husband. His belief was what people don't know don't hurt them. And we weren't hurting anybody if we secretly got together.
1: You didn't tell anybody for all those years. Why, Why keep it a secret? Did he pressure you to keep it a secret? Did you just think this is something that I mean, did you feel any responsibility? Was there a guilt there? for the, Why didn't you tell somebody?
0: There is a guilt. Um, there's embarrassment, there's shame, uh, there's confusion. He never really, he got me to trust him. You know, when I was old enough to actually be out in the dating world, he told me one day when I was at his house, and it was just the two of us, always keep a dime in your pocket. If you're ever with a boy that makes you feel uncomfortable, call me. It doesn't matter if it's day How or night. How ironic is that? Right.
1: When he's the boy that's making you uncomfortable. Right. Um, yeah. Very strange. Yeah. So would he get jealous when you had boyfriends? I
0: never had boyfriends. Hmm. That wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't an option for me. Um, he got Ugh. jealous if I, you know, if I ended up talking to another boy. He would. I would end up paying for it. I mean, he would just be um, mean derogatory it just wasn't something that was an option for me
1: tell us how you broke away from the relationship
0: for a few years I tried to break away it was something that I felt like my life was ruined and I said to myself I'm either gonna die living this life or I'm gonna die trying to change my life so I had prepared several times for the conversation with them and failed miserably. (laughs) But the final time I was in the car with him and he kind of sensed something was up so my behavior must have been changing because as soon as I got into the car, he just attacked me with, why are you being so cold to me? Do you have a boyfriend? And just really caught me off guard. And my will to confront him and separate from him was fading quickly.
1: So he had a way that he not only physically controlled you, but mentally controlled you as well. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, he mentally controlled me.
1: um, And he held on to that,
0: some of that up until he passed away. He still had some mental control over me. And he probably still does now too. I'm trying to work through that, but it's not, you know, you, you learn from your experiences. So I'm kind of trying to backpedal a little bit here.
1: If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We've been hearing a very personal story this morning. Pam Betancourt is talking about being the survivor of child sexual abuse in hopes of helping others who may need a voice. She has detailed her experiences in a book she wrote called But I Am Here, chilling details of the world of child sexual abuse and the lasting impact that it has on lives. Let's get back to our conversation. Um, I want to read an excerpt from your book that I found particularly moving, a poem that you wrote in the beginning of the book, and it says, In part, he silenced me, I silenced myself, and society confirmed the need for silence. The adult in me born years before it was meant to be. I survived those years of abuse without the help of speech. Today I feel worthy to speak my truth to honor the little girl that didn't get to be. This person stole a part of your childhood. How do you, do you still mourn that today?
0: I do. Um, There's a lot I missed out on and I'll never be able to retrieve. It's something that, you know, I've, I've accepted and I hope that, you know, it isn't going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I do try with my children because they're at the ages that I didn't get the chance to make choices, Mm -hmm. so I do try with my children to give them the support that they need as a mother. Um, It's not always the easiest thing to do because Mm -hmm. my thoughts and my experiences have kind of tainted my view on the world, but, um, you know, there was just an instant an instance this week where my daughter, she was extremely upset over something that happened, and she was crying. I was hugging her, and I was trying to console her, and I was trying to um, come up with some advice for her, and the only thing I could think of was, would you like a piece of bacon? (laughs) (laughs) Bacon makes everybody feel better, (laughs) because I just got done eating bacon, and, um, you know, it gave her a little chuckle, but we all need humor
1: in our lives. Yeah, That's you for do. Sure. And you, you know what? And
0: they know the situation now, and yeah. they're extremely supportive. And, you know, of course, when I was speaking to my therapist about that situation, I gave my daughter the total wrong advice. So <laughs> last night
1: I had to go back to her and say, Well, say, well you have to do more than just deep baking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I said, You know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> she said, I know, Mom. So. Um, You know, I'm there for them. They can tell me anything. I hope they do. I think they do. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I want to talk about you mentioned a therapist, and I want to talk about what you've done to heal because people who have gone through a traumatic experience, as you have, do need to speak up and get help. And I know that part of your motivation in writing this book is to help other people who may need a voice, who may need the courage to speak out and get help. Talk about ways that you have gotten help. You've got, you write. I think you write poetry yeah. on a regular basis, right? And yeah. you and you wrote a book. Yeah. You see a therapist. Talk about how you have healed and how that's helped.
0: Seeing the therapist was something that was long overdue for me. Yeah. And um, when I did start seeing her, she was the one that encouraged me to start writing. Mm-hmm. Because journaling is very helpful in therapy. So that's where I began my writing because I'm, I'm not an author I'm a nurse um, but I also see out in the world the need for this topic to be addressed yeah because you know people don't understand why people remain silent for so long and the longer it goes the harder it is to break that so you start out keeping your mouth closed because you're petrified Mm -hmm. and then it just builds on that
1: well yeah time goes by and i'm sure then you're you're hiding more and more after a while and it becomes a bigger and bigger secret to to be able to reveal to people and to be able to explain to people right um yeah and things do make
0: sense after people know your situation yeah you know i was going into my 25th wedding anniversary when i decided to tell my husband
1: i can't believe that you waited that long 25 years and he didn't even know
0: no, he had no idea. And you know, my abuser became good friends with him.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, he became good friends with him. He became oh like an uncle to my kids oh. because the families were were very intertwined, and yeah, that just complicated the matter. Mm-hmm. So once you know that started taking place, you really you try to protect yourself, and you won't you don't want to lose what you've gained. So I felt that. There was a good possibility I would lose my husband. Thank God I didn't. He's been nothing but supportive and um, understanding. He's angry. He's hurt. He feels betrayed. Not so much at me. It's towards my abuser because he was victimized by my abuser. My abuser used him, um, you know, his goodness, his kindness. To to get access to to you. Right, to be able to stick around. Correct. So... Um, He understands that. Therapy has helped both of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we both went to therapy together. We were actually in a session when I did tell him so that I had somebody there who could support him because I didn't know how he was going to react. And it just... Therapy is something that if you find the right therapist, it it will change your life. It, It gives you something... You know, it's an outside view of what, what your life is like. Somebody who objectively can look yeah. in
1: and say, here's what you need to do. Um, talk a little bit about the signs. If somebody's listening right now um, and maybe they suspect that something's going on with their child or if somebody themselves is feeling like they may be in an abusive situation, what are some of the signs you might look for in a person who's going through something like this?
0: Um, you should be able to notice, which many people did for me. Not in my family, because I spent the majority of time at their house. And which I, I, was, I
1: guess you had a big family, so it was probably hard for them to notice. With six kids and everybody's running right. around, um, you know, you're off at your friend's house all the time. Right. I mean, that's what people did. You spent a lot of time with your friends,
0: right? You know, they were they lived close by, so I could walk back right. and forth. And back at this time. You know, my mother thought that those types of things happened outside of our community. Mm -hmm. So they never even would have considered it. And, you know, if another part of keeping quiet is I knew that if my father found out about it, he'd kill this man. Mm -hmm. And then my family would be ripped apart because my father would be in jail. And, you know, that's another part you don't want to. I didn't want to hurt my parents. I didn't want my family to suffer. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of bite the bullet and just deal with what you have to.
1: Did you become withdrawn? Did your friends notice that you weren't hanging out with your girlfriends as much? Did your your grades suffer?
0: Yep, all of the above. All of the above, okay. My friend actually who introduced me to this family, when she found out, she said I was always jealous of you being there all the time because I didn't know what I did wrong. Because all of a sudden, once you were in the picture, I wasn't invited over. I wasn't invited on vacations. And she was always jealous of that fact. She can see it now. And, you know, so can some of my family members see exactly what was taking place. But at the time, my family didn't notice anything. But my grades did drop in school. It was noticed. Mm -hmm. I was sent to a career counselor because my guidance counselor thought that I was not doing the best for myself in high school by picking classes and keeping my grades up, my attendance, dismissals. I got suspended from school for skipping. So you do become... Your personality definitely does change. I wasn't as social. I didn't... Like I said, I didn't have boyfriends. I didn't um, go to a lot of parties. I was just kind of isolating myself. Mm
1: -hmm. What advice would you have for somebody listening who may have a secret that they've never told?
0: It's scary. I never even fathomed the thought that I would reveal the secret, never mind try to use it to help others. But it's not as scary as you make it out to be. It's not something I always thought my life would be ruined because he told me that. I never gave it a thought that if anything was exposed about what was happening, that his life would be ruined. So you have to kind of look at it from where you're getting the information from, mm-hmm. which is hard to do, especially when you're caught off guard like I was. Um, but you have to believe in yourself and you have to realize that there's always tomorrow. and there's always a chance for, to heal from whatever it is that you're trying to keep from people. And you're not responsible for other people's reactions. You just have to be responsible for your own actions.
1: Part of the proceeds from your book, but I am here, uh, will be donated to the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Talk about that a little bit and why you decided to do that. And and I'm going to give out the hotline. It's 800-656-HOPE, 800-656-HOPE, H-O-P-E. -HOPE, Um, Why did you decide to do that?
0: That's a great resource for people because it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. You can call and you can talk to someone who has no idea who you are and talking about your situation the more you talk about it the less frightening it is and it just kind of helps you process whatever you're going through and these people are there to help you with that process and nobody has to know who you are nobody has to know if you followed their advice if you didn't follow their advice so it's a pretty neutral Organization, mm-hmm. you know, they'll help you as much as you want them to help you. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just a, a simple call, if you're in distress,
1: uh, you're going to get people to support you. And this is a time where I think this sexual assault and and um, people who are sexually abused—it's so front of mind for all of us because it's been in the news so much. And um, you don't realize how like you—you you made a good point saying. My parents thought, well, this doesn't go on in our community. We live in a nice neighborhood, and it it's everywhere. It is everywhere. If you scratch the surface. And yep. now people, I feel like more and more people are coming forward, and they're living their truth, and it's what you're doing. And, and I know when I read the book, you, you talked about living your truth and how important it is for you to do that. It took you a long time, but now you're doing it. Do you feel relief?
0: I do feel relieved. There's nothing worse than worrying about... A guillotine to come down on you and i always was afraid of that because i never knew who knew what and you're always waiting for someone to confront you and after he passed away i was left holding the bag by myself and he was always the one to be a you know be able to talk his way out of anything mm-hmm. i don't have that same ability <laughs> Um, I do to a certain degree, but with him being gone, I didn't know if he made a bedside confession, if he, you know, tried to make amends with people. I know a lot of his friends were intrigued by our relationship. I don't know if he ever told anyone exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. So even though I knew I was silent about it, I didn't know what he had done.
1: The fact that he has passed, does that bring closure for you, or do you wish you could have confronted him in some way?
0: It doesn't bring closure because I still have a lot of unknowns, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that I'll never be able to discuss with him. I also never heard from him any apology or any any kind of... So
1: you never... According to what you know, he never regretted his actions, or at least he never told you he did.
0: No, I don't think he ever did. He told me over and over again he had no conscience. And it was easier to live life without a conscience than with a conscience. And I should try it sometime because I felt guilty. I felt horrible all the time. And he didn't, not at all. So I don't think he ever regretted it. I think he was happy for what he got out of it. I think that was more important to him than having any kind of morals mm-hmm. or any kind of um, responsibility for his actions. So, yeah, I don't think so.
1: We're running out of time, believe it or not. Um, talk a little bit about the book. What do you hope people uh, will get from your book? And let's give the website out if people want to get a copy of your book. Is it butiamhere.com?
0: Right, but but I am here. That's the com. name of
1: the book, But I Am Here, But I Am Here com is how you can get it by Pam Bettencourt. As we wrap up, tell me, what do you hope people take away if they take away one message from your book?
0: I hope they gain a little strength from having something to compare their situations to. When I first started therapy, I was looking around for anything and everything to read because you, you're not talking to anybody about it on the topic, and I didn't find anything out there that related to me. So I'm just an average person. Like I said, I'm not an author. I, you know, I did this so that people that were in my situation would have something that they could read and kind of be able to see that I'm okay and Mm -hmm. the process that I went through and be able to help themselves do that because nobody can do it for you. You have to be able to do it for yourself.
1: And you are okay. I mean, you you have a, a marriage, you have children, you have a job. Uh, I'm sure it's something you carry with you, And but it sounds to me as though you've made peace.
0: I have. Um, it's still a work in progress, mm-hmm. but um, I am okay. I, I'm blessed. I feel very fortunate. I have a lot in life that people don't have, and I know a lot of the statistics for people that have been through this type of trauma don't ever pull out of it and their lives are ruined from it so it doesn't have to be I will have situations rise probably my entire life from it Mm -hmm. but it's certainly not going to ruin me
1: no and it hasn't and I love um, one of the things you ended your book in in your words framed or not don't be a picture on the wall be a photograph something memorable you're definitely something memorable because you're going to help people with this story pam for sure i want to give out the website again but i am here.com by pam bettencourt uh hopefully you'll pick it up and read it and i think that you will uh you'll impact a lot of people so thank you for sharing and being courageous enough to uh to, to live your truth as you say
0: thank you so thank
1: you for having me thank you kendra Thank you, Pam, for not only sharing your story, but perhaps inspiring others to find their voice to reach out for the help they need and deserve. Her book is But I Am Here, and we thank you for sharing your truth with us. Your story will definitely make a difference to others. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We talk to celebrities and CEOs, but we are also interested in your neighbors and co-workers and friends who are just out quietly making an impact in their communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to my producer, Kendra Petroni, and to all of you you for listening this morning. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 730 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.